0: Welcome to Millennials and Money Cafe, where we create events to empower, inspire, and motivate millennials to love, live, and matter. I'm your host, Marilyn O'Malley of MarilynO'Malley.com, and I coach sensitive and creative entrepreneurs and professionals who are struggling with taking their money, relationships, career, enjoyment to the next level learn how to stand out and be seen, build your confidence and charisma, and have a lot more love and wealth in your life. I want you to know that you and your actions matter. And today I have Carrie Heaps here with me, and she is a connector, a leader, and a creative. And today uh, we're going to be talking about... uh, Marketing your business. And let me tell you a little bit about Carrie, but first, hello, Carrie. Hello, Marilyn. It's great to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to have a great discussion because this is something that creates a lot of fear and anxiety for a lot of entrepreneurs and professionals. Um, so let me share a little bit about you, and then you can share more with us. Um, so, Carrie Heaps is the publisher of Strictly Marketing Magazine and the host of Strictly Marketing Talk Radio. Both media outlets are dedicated to providing excellent marketing advice f- uh, from professionals nationwide. The magazine has an online community for women in marketing, men too, that offers mentorship, Marketing ideas and a media directory for those that are interested in more media coverage. And I also heard that you also have job postings. So if people are marketers and looking for in the marketing business themselves and they're looking for positions, if they join that they can, uh, job search through your, uh, your, uh, website also, correct?
1: Yes. And actually, they don't even need to uh, to join. Uh, we have a basic, a free level of membership. And then we also have a premium upgrade, a paid one. Uh, but if you do go to the website, it's under the marketing careers page. And what we do is our members are allowed to post uh, job openings, anything in the marketing and sales arena. And it's pretty much nationwide. So whatever's up there, you can click on the link and go directly to that person's website, learn more about their open position and, you know, make a decision as to whether or not you'd like to apply, but uh, you can actually view that publicly. So anybody can see that. All
0: right. So that's great. So look at, you know, so Carrie's passion is to help other business owners with their marketing efforts to continue their dream of entrepreneurship and she's, she has passion about helping other people who are in the marketing business, as you can well see. She really is a connector, a leader, and a creative, and um, I'm so excited to have her here today. And her website, so uh, her websites are uh, strictlymarketingmagazine.com, and let me uh, spell strictly for you, S-T-R-I-C-T-L-Y, and then marketingmagazine.com and then strictly women in marketing dot Where did wild apricot come from? Yeah, that's a long URL. I know I always
1: apologize to people when I have to read that
0: out. No, but uh, Wild, it's got to be interesting.
1: It, it is. Well, Wild Apricot is actually um, a hosting platform for people who want to create membership websites. And I will tell you, I've I've worked with them in the past and we're currently working with them again. And they're just a wonderful company. Um, you can actually have your own platform with them. And what we were looking at doing with our media directory and you know we call it strictly women in marketing Marilyn, but also you know it's open to men and we really it's really for anybody that wants to learn more about marketing and to gain more media exposure for their business so entrepreneurs especially women entrepreneurs are who we really want to help in that regard and that's really what that site is uh centered around and you know who can help the most
0: Yeah, and I went and checked it out. It's really good. And and really, you are are very generous. And and there's uh, videos, audios, uh, and and written material in there, right? A lot of... Yes, so.
1: basically, uh, we have two levels of membership. And if you're a free member, you sign up to be a basic member and you can have access to our Knowledge Hub. And our Knowledge Hub has tons of different interviews and, you know, different downloads that people can have to learn more about different aspects of marketing, whether it's branding, uh, sales, um networking we, we cover pretty much the same things that are in the magazine anything underneath that marketing umbrella so there's quite a bit of content in with the free level for those people who are looking for more media exposure they want to get interviews they want to write for other publications they want to have as many media opportunities available to them you know to establish themselves as an expert and get more exposure for their business then that's where the premium membership comes into play
0: Okay, great, great. Good to know. So all of you guys are looking for support. Here's a great resource for you to go to. And I want to share what we're going to be talking about today, just so you'll you'll stay tuned too, is that we're going to be talking a lot about marketing and particularly the topic of following up, which a lot of people don't do. But first I want to... Um, uh, have Carrie share a little bit about how she got to where she is today. (laughs) How'd you get here? How, how did you, you know, what was this road to becoming this leader in the marketing arena and being such a connector and, and doing what you're doing?
1: Well, it's an interesting story, Marilyn, and it's not what people probably expect. Um, You know, I'm, uh, publisher of the magazine for Strictly Marketing. It comes out six times a year. We're print and digital. And then I also host the uh, radio show on Talk Zone, which is, bears the same name, Strictly Marketing. And we interview all different uh, marketing experts throughout the U.S. that, you know, can provide valuable content that business owners and entrepreneurs can listen to and apply immediately to, to their business. And um, How I got here, I started my business uh, this year will be 11 years in June. Mm -hmm. And when I first started out, uh, you know, and it's important to note for people to understand uh, my background when I was very young, I was in the modeling and acting industry. And I did, even though I'm not that tall, I'm 5'5, I did a lot of print work, I did uh, a lot of promotional and trade show type work, got into acting a little bit, and, you know, just really loved the entertainment industry. So, years later, uh, that was in my late teens, early 20s, I started, you know, working a variety of different jobs after, after college. I didn't finish college. Um, I, it just wasn't a good fit for me. Uh, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. have that feeling because it's yep. just you feel like you're boxed in and it just really was not, it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, I went to work and I worked a variety of different jobs. I've been an executive level administrative assistant. I've worked as a legal secretary or legal assistant type person. I've worked in the construction industry, and all of the positions that I had, um, you know, they were great jobs. And really, uh, most people who would have jobs like that would not. They would say, "This is a great job. I'm, this is a good fit. I'm going to stay here, and that's the end of it." But I think that being an entrepreneur is something that, when you have that inside of you, it just it just mm-hmm. keeps eating at you <laughs> until you do something about it. Yeah. And when I was working in the construction industry, I was working as an executive level assistant and I had a really great job and I had I had great bosses. I worked for the top tier management. I had a lot of flexibility in my job and I was fortunate enough to work for a gentleman who really recognized that I Did not do well being micromanaged. That just give me the task to do, and I will run with it and get it done with flying colors. And I started teaching part time uh, some modeling and acting classes at a local modeling agency and school. And I you know, just loved doing that. I loved working with the kids and just being in that industry again. And someone internally had told me, they said, you know, they're, they're hiring for a, a salesperson inside sales. You would be great at this job. You should apply. And I, I had never done any type of sales work. And I was like, I don't think I would be any good at that. I don't know. I, I don't really want to do that. But I really love the industry. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. And of course, it was one of those positions that it's all commission. So if you don't Mm -hmm. sell, you starve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I went ahead, I applied for the position. They, you know, they brought me on board full time and I just excelled at it. I did, Mm -hmm. even though it was inside sales, it was pretty much you come in, you do your job and uh, there wasn't really anybody looking over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I just really thrived in that environment and did a Mm -hmm. a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. So... I thought, you know, this is great, and I even thought about, you know, I, I was working for a major modeling school and agency at the time, and I started helping them with other things. I worked the flip side of the desk as a booker, you know, booking mm-hmm. our models on assignments, and just really loved that, and I thought, you know, I really want to get back into this, and I want to have my own, um, you know, Not so much agency, but, you know, just to be able to teach this on my own and do it my own way. So I want to have my own business. And I started kind of planning that, you know, it was kind of in my head. And I actually relocated uh, at that point in time to the Orlando area and was working uh, in the staffing industry at that point. I I had gotten a job working, uh, doing high level accounting, IT and clerical positions. And my job was doing business development, so that really gave me a good taste of what entrepreneurship is. And I always recommend to people, if you're looking at becoming an entrepreneur and having your own business, I always recommend that they get a job like that where they are working in outside sales and they're out on their own. And if you can really knock it out of the park and do a great job and not slack off and, you know, cause you're in control of your time at that point. And, right. you know, so at, at that, uh, juncture in the game, I was starting to do part of my job. I had to do a lot of trade shows. I had to do a lot of networking. And because that was my job, was to find open positions in different companies. And. Mm-hmm. I uh, was involved with a lot of different networking organizations, business networking, and I had a lot of them come to me and and say, you know, you're really good at connecting people. You're very good at at the hostess mentality. You know, Mm -hmm. we're looking at starting another chapter in this area. Will you you help us start that up? So I started, you know, doing that uh, because I enjoyed that as well. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, if I'm going to do this for other people, I should do this for myself, because there's a lot of work that's involved in this, and I might as well get paid for it. And at that point, I said I set a goal for myself, I was going to give myself a year. Mm -hmm. And I worked part time in the evenings. And I worked during the day at my, you know, staffing position and I, you know, wanted to go back into the modeling acting industry. So I decided, you know, I have a lot of certifications and training to do image consulting. So this is really what I would like to do. So I actually started uh, planning and started my business to go into the modeling and the the image consulting to get back into the entertainment and beauty industry. Mm. But because of what I was doing, you know, connecting and, and starting networking organizations, you know, helping them expand with their chapters. When I did go out on my own, that's, I thought, you know, I'm going to do this because I'm good at it and I'm making money. I'll do this until my image consulting business takes off. <laughs> and I still remember, I tell people, I when I finally put my two-week notice in, um, you know, and this is such a, a good part of the story too, because I think everybody can relate. I put my two-week notice in, worked out my two weeks, That Friday, I was like, okay, this is wonderful. You know, I'm going to be doing my image consulting and I'm going to be doing networking events and it's all going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then that Monday morning rolls around and I'll never forget this. I get up, it's kind of overcast and just like lightly raining outside. It's sort of misty. And I remember going to the window in my dining room and looking out going, oh boy, what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) but i will tell you it, it yeah. it's been it's been an interesting uh interesting mm-hmm. ride and it hasn't planned out like i thought it would but everything mm-hmm. works out yeah. For a reason. And I, I tell people to, you know, my worst day as an entrepreneur. I still wouldn't trade it for my best day in corporate. There's nothing mm. like having your own business. Um, but, you know, I started out, I, I started doing networking events. I was bringing people together at a Borders Books Cafe, which is kind of like a Barnes and Noble bookstore with a cafe in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at different locations. And then I started doing lunch events and then we started going into doing trade shows. And my my image consulting kind of went to the wayside because that's really, I I had a passion and and an interest in, in this as well. So that's kind of how my business got started and then through the years I kept doing events and then I started having people come to me saying, "Would you help me with my marketing strategy? With my, you know, I'm I'm having difficulty with sales and closing." So I actually had people coming to me asking for that kind of assistance in the marketing arena and I started helping people one-on-one. And, you know, then I just kind of segued into doing some other things. And then I just, you know, over the past couple of years, we kind of segued into just helping people with their marketing. Uh, because even though I'm a good connector, this seems to be my strongest point is the the marketing side of things. Um, you know, I can certainly always help people and connect them with other parts of their business to be able to hook them up with other experts. But where my expertise lies seem to be in the marketing. Now I still have my image consulting business. I I still don't do as much with it as I do with the uh the marketing but you know it does it it's something that I really enjoy doing. Having the show, it, you know, it still keeps me in the entertainment industry. As a matter of fact, my uh, first modeling agent, Marsha Dahl-Falkenberry, who is located in Tallahassee, Florida, we just had her on the cover of this January-February issue. I did the feature interview with her. We talked about promotions. And after the interview, she even told me, she said, see, you still wound up in the entertainment industry. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, you have your own show. Mm-hmm. you're hosting it yes. you're interviewing all sorts of experts that are you know in the reality yes. uh, you know television yeah. world and and just you know different people who are kind of celebrity status so you are still in the entertainment industry and you are this is why you love doing what you do and I, I said you know what you've got a good point and I never looked at it that way but yeah I always thought it would be a straight line Marilyn to mm-hmm. where I wanted to be and it just mm-hmm. it's been so it you look at it on a chart and it's so zigzag and you go Mm -hmm. over here and it's funny how you start out with a plan, which I think is important, but sometimes there are things that will happen that will carry you in a completely different direction. And that's what's so exciting about being an entrepreneur is you just, you don't know what tomorrow brings.
0: Right. Right. And that's also the thing that's so terrifying about it.
1: It is. And I, I will say too, going back to another thing that my my good friend and first mentor taught me, Marsha, she's always told me you need to take your biggest fear and turn it into your greatest thrill. Mm-hmm. Because for years I've always said I've always made that sentence, said that sentence out loud and just saying, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, just with angst and fear in my voice. But just changing how I looked at that and saying, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could get a new client. We could get, you know, and just by changing that, changing how you look at it makes all the difference. It really does.
0: So take your biggest fear and what? Take
1: your greatest fear and turn it into your greatest thrill. So if your fear is a fear, you know, like with me, you know, being an entrepreneur, you never know what's going to happen, you know the fear of the unknown of you may not have business tomorrow or you may go through a dry spell and just turning it into, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But of course, you know, you still have to work towards that to make things happen, obviously. But just take your greatest fear and turn it into your greatest thrill. And, you know, that's something that she's really known for teaching, you know, people. And, you know, again, just going back to working with her when I was very young and I've stayed friends with her through the years. And she's just an awesome person. But What's her name?
0: A- We're going to use that. We're uh, going to use that quote and credit her and, and connect you to it, To Also, Marsha.
1: Marsha Dahl. And uh, it's Marsha Dahl Models is the name of her company. They're based out of Tallahassee. And she is oh. on the cover of our January, February issue currently. Oh,
0: nice, nice. It's
1: our feature interview.
0: Well, Carrie, what I loved when in, in you sharing your story, which I think is important for people to see, it is that where you've gotten has taken a lot of effort, a lot of growth, different pass to get you there um even though you end up you know the 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 connector thing the leader thing the creative um you know uh, there there is something there is there is a a thread that runs through all of it even though you're gathering information from different places to come back and create where you know what it is that you create now to bring your genius to it you know from um you know, uh, I always feel like we go out and we gather knowledge or whatever it is that we need to be able to eventually live our purpose. You know, it's like, we have to go out and we have to, we have to, um, you know, explore the world in, in whatever ways that we feel drawn to and learn from that, that it's, you know, it's, whether it brings out, whether that's through our challenges or whether that's through our, our gifts, um, uh, that that's, you know, in, in, uh, that that's a part of being an entrepreneur is, Go ahead. It
1: is, it is definitely, and you just touched on something so important, Marilyn, because everything in my journey, you know, not working in sales and then getting into it and realizing I had such a great knack for it. I've worked in inside sales. I've I've done business to business and everything that I've done has really contributed not only to my success, but also for me to be able to help other people reach mm-hmm. that level of success. Just like what we're going to talk about today yes. with follow up, you know, working, I've worked with business to consumer sales, business to business and, you know, inside sales, outside sales and follow up is such a key component of of sales success. And, you know, not being able to work in that environment, I would have never been able to craft the different programs that I have and the different things that I do to help other people. So it's really, like I said, it's not a straight line of how I got here, but, I, you know, things happen for a reason. And it's really, if anything, it's really helped me internally and, and externally to be able to help others.
0: Right. And I think for entrepreneurs out there listening to this, and particularly those beginners, or even if you're three, five years in, right, where um, you've got to realize that, you know, it is not um, it being an entrepreneur is not a destination. <laughs> that well said. It's, it's definitely a journey. A journey and it's you've got journey. to learn. Yeah, you've
1: got to learn to to enjoy it. And I'll be the first one to say it being an entrepreneur, it's not for everyone. No. And, you know, I've had several people over the years, you know, that I've, I've talked with that, you know, they're interested in starting their own business. And when they really sit down and talk with me and see what's involved, um, I think there's still a stigma there that people think, well, mm-hmm. you know, I can work from home and I can just, you know, um, I can take long lunches yeah. and I can, uh, you it's know, be easy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there are times, I mean, are there days that I sleep in? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's normally because I've been up till two, maybe four o'clock in the morning working Mm -hmm. on the layout of the magazine or doing proofreading or doing some other component of the administrative side of things that needs to get done because there's a deadline.
0: Right, right. So
1: it's really a trade off. But I will say, you know, again, it's it's a good life for me. It suits me very well. Um, but, you know, and I've had some people have told me after they talk to me, they're like, well, I'm not willing to do all of that. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, then you have a decision to make. Um, you know, right. you might be better suited to stay where you're at, uh, you know, because anything that you do on your own is going to require a tremendous amount of work, effort and time on your part.
0: Yes, yes. Well said. Well said. So let's um, and I want to say today's show is not only for entrepreneurs, for professionals, because really, whatever you're doing, you're you're in sales, right? No, it doesn't matter Absolutely. what you if, if you're an entrepreneur, you're always in sales. And if you're a professional uh somehow you're selling something you know you're selling your service your what- whatever that is to the company um uh or others or and whether um and so it's really important to you know have this skill and so why don't we start with you know so we all know that we have to uh So why don't you give a a a little description of sales here so they're clear and then move into then talking about um you know the follow-up and and what that is and the um you, you know how to move because this is your this is your talk um through that but how would you how do you want to approach this just go ahead and and run with it and i'll
1: Well, I would say, and I'm glad that you mentioned that too, just about, you know, anyone who is in sales, if you are in inside sales, direct sales, outside sales, you know, these are are some tips that can definitely help you. Uh, but yeah, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always wearing the sales hat. It's just, it doesn't really come off at any point in time. Uh, you might be at the helm, you might have other people who are helping you, but you're always, you always need to be promoting. Um, it's just part of marketing. Uh, I, you know, talking about sales, I mean, obviously, a lot with follow-up really happens when you, you know, you're meeting with someone and you're discussing your opportunity or your product or your service. And, you know, follow-up, once you have pitched them, that's when the, you know, the follow-up, these particular steps are going to start taking into play. Um, But people always ask me like, when, when should follow-up start? Well, it really starts Marilyn, when you meet someone. What do I mean by that? Let's just say, for example, because I'm sure a lot of people listening, and if you are an entrepreneur, You definitely need to go out there and network. You need to go to Chamber of Commerce events, uh, maybe your local BNI chapter. You need to get out there and meet people. And what I see is that when people are going out there and they're meeting people, you know, that's really when the follow up needs to, the process should begin because you should be gathering information about them. Um, you know, when you go to a networking function and let's just say you're introduced to someone and you strike up a conversation and you think to yourself, this could be, you know, somebody who could refer a lot of business to me. Maybe they could make a good strategic partner, uh, meaning they're in the same industry, but they they sell a com- non-competing product or service, but they go, go after the same type of, of clientele. And they're talking about maybe uh, their kids are in soccer or or they're looking for karate classes to take. Definitely always get someone's business card if they have a brochure or a business card and take notes on the back, you know, while they're talking, you know, if, if they mention karate, you need to make notes of that. These are all things that you can use in the follow up process, because part of follow up is you're building A relationship with them and you always continue to build a relationship with someone so you definitely want to be making notes Um, I find that there's some really uh, basic or common mistakes that I see people make either when they're leaving an initial sales meeting or a networking event and that's one of them they don't ask for information or for a business card Um, you know, they think they're going to remember everything, but, you know, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, the last networking (laughs) function that you went to, most people on average are going to meet a total of three, maybe to six people that they're really talking and connecting with. Then you go home and other things are going on. So that's going to take up space in your brain. And then when you get back to your desk the next morning, or even that night, you will not remember every detail. You just won't. People think I have a wonderful memory. I don't. And truth be told, I have a terrible memory. But the reason that people think that is because I take excessive notes. I'm always writing things down so I do remember. Mm. Um, So you want to start taking notes. And these little details, whether they're talking about, um, you know, they're looking for, you know, they're getting ready to move or, you know, just anything that this prospect could be talking about. Even if you don't think that they're going to be a good client for you, you never know who they know. So mm-hmm. you always want to be building a relationship with people. So definitely taking notes. Get their business card. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. If you go to a networking function, you need to bring some type of marketing material with you. Because if I ask you for your business card and you tell me, oh, I don't I don't have business cards or I don't like business cards, I know, and then I, I never- have to <laughs> – yeah. I And I've had this happen where I actually yeah. have to take my own card or a piece yes. of paper out of my purse and a pen and it takes extra effort on my part and it just drives me crazy. And And then usually if that's somebody that I'm thinking about hiring, I usually don't go with them because to me, if you're not prepared enough, you came to a networking event, if you're not prepared enough to market your business, what kind of service are you going to provide? And it's usually probably something that's not that good. Mm-hmm. So You know, just keep that in mind. Always have marketing material with you. And keep in mind, too, with sales, it's a numbers game. I know people don't like to hear that. I know they don't want to accept that. But sales really is a numbers game. So the more people you talk to, the more sales you're going to make. You know, so you've got to talk to people. You need to get out there. If you pay to go to a networking function, don't be a wallflower. Get out there and mingle with people. Even have a goal to talk with five people, a minimum Mm -hmm. of five people before you can go home and
0: gather their information. Um, Mm -hmm. I often will say, uh, I'll set an intention that I'm going to, uh, you know, meet, you know, one or two people. And I might even just go to a networking event to meet a new friend. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, to make a uh, uh, create a new friendship, but I'll create the the an intention of who I'm uh, calling in. So whether it is like I'm looking for somebody that's that can be a strategic partner or whether I'm looking for a new client or whether I'm looking for a friend, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But I I find that that really helps. And then I don't feel overwhelmed by everybody in the room. And I could just sort of use my intuition to kind of like, uh, you know, where do I where do I feel drawn to, you know, that fits that intention?
1: Absolutely. So those are the two things. um, The first two that common mistakes and they're usually done at a networking function. So the rest of these mistakes and tips that I'm going to offer are going to be after the networking function, or if you've just left an initial sales meeting. So mm-hmm. that could be you've met someone at Starbucks to discuss your direct sales opportunity, or you are a business-to-business person and you just went on an appointment to meet with the prospect and you've talked with them about your product or service, how it can help them, you've come to the close of the meeting. Mm-hmm. So uh, at this point, what I see people do is, you know, obviously you gotta be taking notes you're they're not reaching out appropriately and what do i mean by that you need to set up the next step before you leave okay uh Ask them, you know, expecting a phone call. You know, if you don't close them right away, which nine times out of ten, most people don't. It's, it happens, but it's very rare. So this is where the real follow up work comes into play. So what you need to do is you need to set up the next step, set up that expectation with them and make sure that you follow through. So for example, if you are at a sales meeting at this point and you've talked to the prospect and they say, okay, this sounds great. You know, I have, you know, some other people that are going to be helping me with this and I need to, you know, get with them and talk with them. So, okay, great. You know, do I need to come back for a second meeting to meet with these other people? Can I answer any other questions, you know, for them? You know, yes or no. And then go into... What I would like to do if you're going to be talking with these other people from your company, would it be okay if I follow up with you uh, with a phone call in two weeks, like maybe on, on Friday and and then name the date? And nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes, or they might say no, can you follow up like another week after that because I'm going on vacation? And again, taking those detailed notes so you know And if you make a a commitment to follow up with that prospect after the sales meeting at Tuesday at 2 o'clock or Friday at 3, you better do it. This does two things. Number one, it's showing the prospect that you can follow a system. You do what you say you're going to do because there's so many Mm -hmm. people out there who don't. Okay, Mm -hmm. So if you say you're going to follow up with a phone call, that's what you need to do. So making notes, making sure that you set up that next step, set up that expectation. Don't just leave. There's so many salespeople that will just say, oh, OK, well, you know, let me know if you have any questions and then they'll, they might send an email like the following week. Um, never do that. And then don't assume just because they have to think about it or because they're not ready right now doesn't mean that this could not turn into a sale for you down the road. Um, never make that assumption. I always like to share with people one of my clients that I have right now, it's the biggest client that I have. It took two years of follow up. Mm. Now most salespeople would never do that. <laughs> However, I saw the value. I knew they could be a good client. I knew they could refer other people to me. So I stayed the course. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did is I continued the follow-up process by taking notes, reaching out to this person. It's first it started out, you know, in a six month time period, and then reaching out again in six months and stating, you know, where's where are you at with your project? Oh, we're still off. Okay, great. Can I follow up in another three months? And kind of shortening the time frame. And of course, I still connected with them on social media, uh, but I still did my follow-up process. And I always tell people count follow-up as actual interaction with that client. You're talking to them on the phone or you're corresponding and they are responding back to you via email, but I always count it as a in-person or Voice, You know, you're hearing their voice and they're hearing yours. Mm. So you need to have a system. And that's another thing I see people don't, they don't do. You Mm -hmm. need to create a system. Your system does not need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be expensive. My follow-up system, Marilyn, I use those little fat books that you can buy at the dollar store. Mm -hmm. And kids use them to put, or they used to, kids used to use them to put their homework assignments in. And they're called the little fat book. They're just a tiny little notebook. And what I do is I'll make notes on each page. If I meet somebody at a networking function, I staple their card on one page. And I have their notes on the back of the card. I've sent them an email saying, you know, it was great to meet you. Mm. I enjoy talking about, uh, you know, your kids' soccer tournament. I hope that goes well. Uh, and then the next time I follow up, I'm going to bring that up again. Um, but I always write down the date, and I just pencil it in with a pencil. I, I write down the date that I met them, the date that I sent an email, and then the next time that I follow up. So, That's a
0: great idea. Thank you so much. And, and I want to say, because one of the things for um, – Uh, I have a lot of creatives that listen Mm -hmm. and creatives are not great about having systems and structures because we want to be free. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I've learned late in life is that structures make us, allow us to be more creative. So having this, having this, um, structure and put it in a place, um, which I think is fabulous. I have never heard anybody say this, uh, um, about networking, which really helps, um, that will, then you can be creative about how you interact with them.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, and too, like I said, I like, I, I'm more, and with me, it's, if it's not broke, I don't fix it. I've been doing that for years. So I don't really have, uh, I mean, we do have some automated uh, CRM, you know, customer relation, you know, things that we use online that are computerized. But yeah. for the most part, for me personally, I use more of a manual system. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be fancy to be effective. It doesn't have right. to be expensive to be effective so that's something that you can do and then as you're going through the follow-up process if you tell that contact I'm going to reach out to you again in two weeks you have a note there okay follow up in two weeks or, or give them a call on and then there's the date and then you continue to call in now if you don't get them For example, I deal with a lot of high-level executives, CEOs, presidents, vice presidents. And for every, I would say for every 30 to 40 times I pick up the phone to call them, I will get their voicemail 29 times. Okay, Mm. so I, I usually, I'm not big on leaving messages. If you do decide you want to leave a message, leave one. Don't leave any more than that. And don't assume because they're not calling you back. That that means that they're not interested. People get busy. They have other things going on. And if your project is not a priority right now, it's not going to be a priority until they make it a priority, okay? So don't just assume because you don't hear back from them. I can show you in in some of my books where I have, you know, probably uh, because I use a coding system. So for example, if I get their voicemail, I just put VM for voicemail. Mm -hmm. If I left a voicemail, I put LVM for left voicemail. If there was no answer or they're not available, I put N A. If their number for some reason rings busy, I just put B for busy. Um, so I always make sure that I, um, have some type of coding so I know what happened when I dialed, okay? Mm -hmm. And you can even do this in Excel and just have like a notes file, a notes uh, field and just do the same thing and just put a forward slash for each time you reach out and what happened. So if you do get them on the phone, you want to make those notes, whether you write them down in your notebook or you put it in Excel. Now you can use, Salesforce is great, Um, there's a lot of people that use Infusionsoft and, and, and all these other programs. And if you have the money to invest in that, wonderful, but it's not needed for Mm -hmm. follow-up success because follow-up is going to depend on your action. If you don't take any action, Salesforce is not going to make you take action.
0: Right. The only thing that
1: makes you take action is you picking up the phone. So have a system. Um, you know, and the other thing I would say with that too, we also do some color coding. And again, if you want to do this manually with a little fat book, staple those business cards on a page and just start making notes on both sides of the page. You can do that. Uh, we do a color coding system and this could help. You can do this in Excel too, because you can highlight the, the field, the actual row and highlight it with color. Mm -hmm. But what I use is four colors. Green is I've made a sale or I have an appointment set. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there's a a positive action that's leading to money. That's why I use green. Mm -hmm. I use orange for their they've said we're interested, but we need a call back. Can you can you call me back in two weeks? I'm going on vacation or we need more time to decide. So orange means I need to follow up with another another call because I've already gotten a hold of them. There's some action taken and we need to proceed forward. So that's what I use for orange. Then I use yellow if they request information from me, meaning they want me to email them some additional information or email them a link or or send something to them in regular mail or email. Mm -hmm. So I use yellow for, you know, we've sent, so I know we've sent them some type of information uh, via email or regular mail. hot pink or red i use meaning that they're not interested and i'm going to go over what we do with those that will help people as well with their follow-up process but those are the main colors that i use with my manual system all i do is i take that little green highlighter okay great i've got an appointment or i've made a sale with this person so i mark them green so i know that there's a lot of action that's been taken it's turning into a sale or it is a sale Um, so what I can do is I can flip through my little fat book just by looking at the colors, just, Mm. you know, just a little check mark of orange Mm -hmm. or yellow. Who do I need to follow up with first before Mm -hmm. I go through this whole book of contacts? And you can do the exact same thing in an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Now what I do with those leads that are not interested in my manual book, I tear those out and I put them in a folder that's actually a red folder, a colored red folder, (laughs) Every six months to a year, I pull those leads back out and I call them again. Now, usually with me not interested, you know, they're telling me we're not, you know, Carrie, thanks for the the presentation, but this just really isn't something that I see the company doing where we just don't see a fit. I appreciate your time. You know, Okay, thank you. I've gotten a firm no from them. Mm -hmm. So what happens is is in six months, I'm going to call back in because the reality is Marilyn anymore in companies the turnover is horrendous. Yes. People don't stay in, in, and especially in high level positions. And, you know, so every six months I'll pull those leads out and I'll call into a company and I'll just say, oh, is Bob Smith there? And if the receptionist says, oh, you know, who's calling? And it's like, oh, well, my name is Carrie. I'm calling with, you know, strictly marketing. I just uh, wanted to see if he was in, I was going to chat with them, you know, thank you. And if she goes to transfer me, I hang up. So that way I know bill smith is still there okay now if i call in and i say oh can i speak with bill smith oh i'm sorry he's no longer with the company can someone else help you then this company has turned into a brand new lead again i can recycle it
0: okay uh so what's going
1: to happen is i can say oh really i didn't know that when did that happen blah 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 and has someone taken bill's place yet um yeah candy candy or Roxanne, or whoever has mm-hmm. you know has been promoted, let me let me transfer you over to her voicemail. Now Candy is a brand new lead for me, because I have not spoken with her before. If Bill's no longer there, cha- you know, I talked with him; he gave me a no. So now I have a new person that I can pitch to, and I and yeah. I have it in because I can say, you know, when I do talk with Candy. I'm going to tell her, hey, Candy, you know, I understand that you're taking you've taken Bill Smith's place. You know, I had spoken with Bill last year about our services and, you know, he just didn't see the fit at the time. Um, You know, I would love to be able to send over some information to you or, or set up a time to meet, you know, whatever the case may be that you do in your process. So mm-hmm. it gives you a brand new lead. So, you know, this way Smart. you can. Yes, you can. And well, you can do this with business to business so you can really recycle those leads. Mm. And I always tell people every six months to a year, pull those out and call them, see if those people are there. I have literally because I've been doing this so long, I have called into companies, talked with a prospect and literally two weeks later, they've been fired or or they quit or, you know, whatever happened. They're not Mm -hmm. there anymore. And it happens just that fast. Yeah. So that's another way to kind of recycle those leads. So have a system. And that's part of having a system is you need to have a follow through system for those leads that have told you we're not interested because things change in six months and they definitely change in a year. For, right. Especially for a company. And the last thing I would say in that, because we can go on to the next part of it, is that I find the one of the common mistakes is people let their fear take over mm. in this process. Yes. And I find with a lot of people, especially when it comes to picking up the phone, it's if I could paint a picture, it's like the look that they have on their face, <laughs> it's almost like they're, they're, they're going to pick up that phone the person's going to be on the other line and Jaws is, is going to come through the receiver <laughs> and bite their ear off and they're going to have yes. to, you know, call an ambulance and go to the hospital. And worst case scenario is if someone's not interested, they're not interested. They're they're usually going to tell you that in a calm, you know, in a nice way. So I think probably the, the meanest thing I've had someone say to me, I mean, as in a business to business environment is, look, you know, this is just not something that we see as a value, which isn't really mean, but You know, it's really – it's that fear because Mm -hmm. people think, oh, this is what I would say if if it were me. I don't want to bug this person. I don't want to – And you have to realize that people are not thinking about you that much. They really aren't. I mean, they've got other things going on. And especially, you know, when you're calling into a company, there's so many other components of their job and they don't have the time to sit there and look at their caller ID and go, oh, my gosh, it's Carrie Eaps calling me again. I'm not going to pick that up. That's not what they're doing. They're probably busy doing something else. I always find when I finally get a prospect back on the phone, they usually apologize to me and say, yes, I'm sorry, I got your voicemail from a couple of months ago, and I'm sorry I haven't followed up, but this is what's been going on. And they fill in the blank with something that has
0: absolutely nothing to do with me. (laughs) Right, right. And can I add that there's another thing that comes in is that that the person is thinking that they're not good enough or perfect enough at their job, otherwise these people would be buying from them.
1: And absolutely and that does factor into the fear as well. There, there the fear of the outcome and the fear of why why would they buy from me or why why should they do this and you know, you, the only way to get over that fear is to continually do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they say when you're riding a horse, you get thrown off. One of the worst things you can do is never get on a horse again. You right. got to get right back on right. because that fear will take over. And, and horses are intelligent animals. They pick up on that. They know you're scared, so they're going to take you for a ride. Right. So it's the same concept. You need to the way the best way to get over the fear is just to do it. Just like Nike says, just do it. So just pick up the phone. You know, in a follow up process, I tell people, you know, when you're mix it in with your cold calling and I tell people, if you're not making at least 100 calls a day, don't bother because you're not going to see measurable results from being on the phone. So if you're able to do 100 calls a day and if you continually do that and you don't do anything else, constantly taking breaks, you can get it done in three to four hours easily and see some great results. But if you condition yourself to do that every day, you'll do it without even thinking. And that fear,
0: it goes away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably like uh, your stage presence, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. If you're on stage every night, you know, you're. I mean, and I will say too, and I still get a, some butterflies in my stomach. I mean, I've been hosting a show for a long time, but you know, I still get butterflies in my stomach before we we mm. do our show, and I think that that's just natural. But as far as having like that that gut wrenching fear where your stomach is upset, that goes away. It really right. does. And you know, the anxiety and the more polished you become, but the only way that's going to happen is by continually doing it.
0: Right. Right. So Carrie, we're, 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 uh, nearing, uh, you've shared so much information with us and, um, um, we've gone over our time that, um, but anyway, I mean, it's been wonderful and I appreciate that. And, um, I'm sure our audience this this full of information, um, is there any one last thing that we didn't cover or one thing that you want to highlight again? Um, And, uh, and also, um, share with us, you, you have a free gift for our listeners. And so, oh uh, yeah, sure.
1: Well, I would just say kind of in closing, just going back to what I've shared is, you know, creating a follow up system. Again, if you do it manually, or if you do it online through Excel, whatever you do, what you feel comfortable with, because it's your process, you have to be comfortable with it. So if you're comfortable with an automated system online, go with that. If you're comfortable doing something manual, go with that. There's no right or wrong way to set it up. It's whatever you feel the most comfortable with. But definitely having a system because you will not be able to follow up effectively without it. So I would Mm -hmm. say that in closing. And uh, yes, the free gift that we have, we have on our strictlywomeninmarketing.wildapricot.org website. There's a tab on there. It's free uh, free tips for media coverage. And it's a download.
0: The top, the top five tips for gaining more media coverage.
1: Yes, that's what it's called, thank you. And when you click on that, you just put in your name and your email, and the download, there's a link to it. It's five separate tracks, you can listen to it at any time. And we go over the five, the top five things that you need to do to gain more media coverage. And we cover everything from making sure you have a top-rate bio, uh, topics and sample questions to talk about where you can find different media outlets and uh, promotion and so forth. So we packed a lot of value into that. So it's a free download. So just go to the website and sign up and it will be emailed to you.
0: All right. Thank you. And you know what? I just saw one question on, on, on our list that we didn't cover that I'm, if, if do you have time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is is the, um, and I think it's really important because our, um, you know, the millennials money cafe, they're, they're always on social media. So I think this is a big question. What, what role should social media play in follow-up?
1: It should play a, a role, but it's not a vital role. And what I mean by that is when you start the follow-up process, you know, leaving a voicemail for someone, that's that's part of the process, but don't count it as follow-up. Again, going back to what actual follow-up is, it's having contact, being face-to-face with that prospect, or talking with them on the phone. So definitely if you leave a voicemail, if you email them, or even, you know, Uh, tweeting to them or sending them a message through LinkedIn. Here's an article that would be of interest to you. Those are all part of the process to keep you in front of the prospect, but don't count it as your follow-up because follow-up really is, it's a personal touch, meaning that you've communicated with them. Okay. Okay. So counting, it's part of the process. Definitely do it, but don't think because all you're doing is tweeting to someone that that's all I keep following up, but there's no response. That's not true follow-up.
0: Okay, so for I have a question following that. So for those of us who are inter, uh, international or national, mm-hmm. um so if we uh find somebody on on social media that we want to connect with, then creating a system through so uh you know, so it even talking to them or tweeting with them or, or, you know, liking them on Facebook and sharing some things. It's like, it would, it is good to then follow up and like reach out. Can we have a conversation? Can we meet on Skype? Can, um you know, when you're in, are you coming this way at all? Or I'm coming your way? Can we get together and meet?
1: Yeah. And I will go back and say, too, because I I have had prospects that have been like in Canada and, you know, or or the UK. So obviously, email or Skype is going to be the best way for you're not going to be able to physically be in front of them. But keep in mind, follow up really you need to start doing the follow-up after this prospect, you've done a presentation, whether that's online or in person, you know, you've done something where you've, you've presented your product or service to them. Okay. So this type of follow-up, you know, that you're going to be doing should really start after that. Okay. Because if you think about it, if I've met people before too, on Twitter, where we, you know, we start communicating and then I talk about, well, let me, I can tell you more about what I do. Let's set up a Skype call or I can email you our presentation because we have an automated presentation. So once I do that, then you can kind of consider that as your sales appointment or, or as you know, you've met them at a networking function and and you all have been talking and, and, you know, they know what you do. So, you know, the true follow-up is really for, they've already been presented to in some fashion. Um, mm-hmm. That more or less kind of like what you're talking about would be kind of a cold, part of a cold calling process. And we do a show on that as well. So that is a little bit different, but I would definitely say consider follow-up meaning it's follow-up after we've done a presentation. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm just also wondering, so I'm thinking ahead for my people listening to this. So if they were to go onto your radio show and listen to something that related to this, do you happen to know like a name of the show or is there, uh, that would be like great for them as a starter or just to to go into the, your, your. uh,
1: Absolutely. Uh, Well, I can tell you right now, Business Creators Radio um, if they go to that, I have been a guest on Adam Homie's show twice. Uh, once discussing follow up, like we've done here, and we're rele- they're releasing a segment. I believe it's tomorrow or Wednesday, where we did an actual segment on cold calling, uh, which actually talks about more of of you know introducing yourself to prospects, bef- you know, to get a sales meeting or to be able to do a-, a presentation. So we're doing one on cold calling, and I think that's being released on the on Wednesday, I believe. So yeah, if they go to, um, you know, our website, they can certainly look through our blog post. I mean, we always have different things on there too, uh, that are related to cold calling or follow up. Okay, but the
0: um, business creative radio show, business,
1: that... cr- yeah, it's business creators,
0: Creator. radio show, mm-hmm. creators, radio show. Okay, great.
1: And, and it's dot com is his actual website, I believe, where the where the show's hosted. All right,
0: and if that comes out, you know, feel free to put that on my uh, website and uh, or, I mean on my um, Facebook or something, and I'll or, or send it to me, and I'll spread the word, uh, and we can post the connection also when when this goes live.
1: Sure, and if you do have requests that people would like to do a segment on follow up, I'm always happy to do that as well.
0: Okay. All right. Great. And. um Oh my gosh, you are just so full of information. And I just love you. And I know we can have you back again on something else This you just um, and um, thank you so much, Carrie. This has just really been wonderful. And I know in all, I you know, I, I've been around and heard a lot of things on marketing and you gave me all new information here. I mean, I understand follow up, but you did it in a in, in, in a different way and with the system and everything, it just um, clarified a lot for me. So I'm trusting that it will do that for this audience and everybody who tunes in. So I'm very Absolutely.
1: excited. Well, it was an honor to be here with you today, Marilyn. I really
0: enjoyed it. Oh, well, thank you. So thank you everybody. As you, um, Today, what we, you know, we learned about follow-up and sales, and we learned about Carrie uh, Heaps and her Strictly Marketing magazine. Uh, we learned to, from one of her mentors, is take your strong, your greatest fears and turn it into your greatest thrills. And so if you feel hungry to listen to more, uh, inspiring interviews and transformative podcasts like this one. You can go to MarilynO'Malley.com or you can find us on iTunes under Millennials and Money Cafe. You can also sign up for our newsletter, which co- covers more topics like this and follow on Twitter and Facebook at Coach Marilyn. Also LinkedIn and uh, Huffington Post and Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> we're all over the place right that's good marketing um absolutely yeah yeah so fun and um anyway um yeah i probably would love also to get a uh something if you've written something i'll share that too for with our with our readers but um anyway collaboration right we're all in this together to help each other be uh to live love and matter and so thank you everybody